1: Zero, episode 25, coming at you live on Twitch, coming through your speakers in the car, through your headphones whenever you're watching or listening later on the Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Aaron Pareem.
2: What's going on,
1: BD? What's up, Aaron? Good to have you, man. Jenna Anderson is here. Hey, everybody. And we have a newcomer to the show, first timer. We're going to see how this goes. Chris... Killian Daily Distraction Host,
3: Aficionado. How you doing, man? What's up, dude? Welcome to Phase Zero. How's it feel? How's the weather in here? Oh, man, it's exciting. I have been wanting to be on this show for a long time. Now, you finally asked me, so... It's great, hopefully we don't break out into a fist fight on this thing
1: Yeah, honestly, I Chris has been, like my phone battery dies Because of how often Chris Killian texts me to be on phase zero And I am I finally let him on, no, I'm just kidding I, That's the Twitter notifications killing
3: your, uh, killing your battery <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay
1: uh, But uh, listen, so this week's episode, uh, we have a lot to talk about We got a new Shang-Chi trailer, uh, Shang-Chi trailer uh, We got Black Widow Reviews Black Panther started production, and uh, Karen Gillan is talking about Thor 4. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about Loki Episode 4. We we love to save the spoilers for later in the show. If y'all wouldn't mind, I would love it if you would tweet a link to this show. Twitch.tv slash comic book is where everybody can find it. We want to build a community. We know uh, you all want to be a part of something fun, and we like to monitor the comment section to make sure it stays friendly. Uh, and inviting and we love to hear your theories. so the more the merrier and also if you're listening later on a podcast platform leave us a five-star review because we are six stars but they won't let you leave that many and uh, share it with your friends so we can keep on growing and get more interviews and stuff and get y'all involved but first let's start with the shang chi trailer uh we're gonna dissect it a little bit but reactions chris is smirking up there chris you're new to the show you go first what did you think of the shang chi trailer
3: Oh man, it was amazing. I mean, we know this. It was awesome. My I mean, obviously the most uh exciting thing for it for me was the return of Abomination and he's gone through a little bit of a transformation, an evolution, if you will. We saw that he has grown his ear fin things from the comics, and he's also got a loincloth now, which means he is no longer uh with the anatomy of a Kendall. So it's exciting.
1: <laughs> Aaron what did you think
2: uh, It was really really wild Because I was disconnected From social media for about a week And then I turn on my phone and the first thing I see Is like Abomination and Wong Trading these hands And then like a weird like Captain America Shield possibly be in the corner it's Just insanity I'm like and I'm going to close The app and put my phone Face down That's enough internet for today Thank you internet only the best <laughs> Jenna, what
1: did you think?
4: I I loved the trailer. Like the Abomination return totally knocked me off my feet. Like it was a thing of like as soon as I looked at the Twitter upload of the trailer and the subtitle said Abomination, I think I blacked out for like a minute because it was like, oh my god, he's back and he's back in this context that we weren't expecting him to, to be in. And then like knowing that we have this as kind of the connective tissue between Incredible Hulk and him showing up in the She Hulk show makes me really happy because we knew he was going to show up in that, but it's like, what kind of evolution was he going to go through in that meantime? And so having him be comic accurate with his fins fighting Wong in a cage match is just like, that is just the coolest thing that I never could have imagined.
1: Yeah. Uh, honestly, like the uh, Shang-Chi has been Shang-Chi. I'm to I gotta get out of that habit. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get out of that habit, but it's been like before we saw anything for movies this year, Shang-Chi was towards the top of my anticipation list, like right up there with Spider-Man, the Batman back when it was in 2021 and the suicide squad and stuff. And then that first trailer came out and it just like, didn't I don't, I don't think it got people really excited. And, and it was obviously just like your first look uh, and people had cool reactions to it, but I don't think people who were unfamiliar with Shang-Chi, which is most of us, like let's not lie and act like we're all Shang-Chi experts. Uh, and then the second trailer came out and it was awesome. Like, and I think they recognized like, we might need to throw a little something else in here to get the, you know, the mainstream audience who isn't just with Marvel because it's Marvel to get fired up. So they threw Abomination of Wong in there, smart play, It gave I got real like Black Panther vibes from it, kind of in the sense of like this empire is kind of becoming questionable or falling. And when he emerged and said, like, is this what you wanted? It gave me kind of a a feeling similar to like. I want to say that, is this your king? But it felt more like when Chadwick, when T'Challa came back up, it was like, as you can see, I am not dead. (laughs) And uh, the like that when he came back to that battle of Wakanda. uh, But I think they're going to be super different movies. But uh, I thought that was cool.
3: I Uh, really love the I was going to say, I really love the cage match aspect of it. I mean, that had very X-Men vibes for me, like when we saw Wolverine's debut. And I love the idea of seeing like uh, Marvel heroes just in a, in a just a pit to the death. I mean, I think that's going to be fantastic. I, you want to sell a Marvel movie to me? Just throw random Marvel characters into a cage match, and and done deal. So. That's going to be awesome.
4: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing of, like, if they're putting these two in the trailer, like, what other people could be in the cage match that we don't know about? Like, what other people are in this tournament that we just haven't seen because they're saving it for the movie itself? It's like, great if they're already to, showing this, then it's going to be crazy.
3: This is a great way to debut Iron Fist, just saying. I mean, if he's around.
1: There, the Netflix characters are still around. I keep hearing more and more about more and more Netflix characters coming back, and it's just like... Really exciting stuff coming. Um, but Rofiner Dairy said, do we think it's Madripoor that that fight is happening in? Very possible. Really possible that that's Madripoor. Uh The lighting, like the extravagance of it all, kind of – and like just what's happening, like a criminal safe haven. Like why – where else is Abomination going to be? You, you know, know if I mean? it is
3: Madripoor too, that would also be a great way to debut someone like uh, Wolverine, right? I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but Madripoor has a lot of ties to Wolverine in the uh, the Frank Miller comics. I mean, so that would be a great place to bring him in as well. Also, uh, I'd like to say, you know, with X-Men ties there with the original cage match, you know,
1: who knows? <laughs> listen, there's no, there's no theory too crazy <laughs> for the show, Chris. Welcome aboard. Well, we I'm throw excited. stuff out there. And then listen, here's what we do. We throw a bunch of theories out and the one time we're right, we just act like we're like, we never let the audience live that down. We're like, look, we called this, we called this. Just don't talk about any of the other ones. We just forget about those. They, if they happened, no, they didn't. Uh I do want to, there was an image I wanted to pull up that I'm just going to read out loud basically Um, because the, the 10 rings are obviously a bit different in the uh movie than they are in the comics. So, I think the reason for that is because the 10 rings would be so similar to infinity stones if they were doing it the same way. So each of the 10 rings, if you didn't know this bit of a lesson here for everybody on phase here, a little educational session. We love those. Uh, each has its own power One, and, they, and they all have different colors and stuff. So they're, they're not like infinity stones, so distinctly colored, but they are different colors. If uh, the remaker, uh, which reimagines relationships on a subatomic level, You have one that has influence, creates various forces that cause a body to undergo change. One that causes spin, decelerates time around the wearer, appears as super speed to the watcher. Spectral winds up and warps the air itself and can appear ghostly or they could not appear at all. Uh, The Nightbringer creates a malleable darkness. A dark light zero opens a beam of nothingness from the icy heart of outer space creates a deafening boom as the vacuum is filled the liar creates world upon world of a illusory fable as impossible to escape as the as a tangle of dreams but vexes the wearer as well lightning creates a directable electrical atmospheric discharge incandescence contains the miniature heart of a star and scorches the air before it. Niffa vibes, huh? Uh, and uh, demonic, the irresistible urge that propels into the unknown. The compulsive creates loyalty, creates obsession. So they're kind of like the Infinity Stones where each one has an ability. I don't think we're going to get that specific with the Ten Rings here. They're more of like wrist bracelet gauntlets than rings on fingers. I'm okay with that. I'm going to be honest. Like we already got a fake at once. And I'm a big fan of like the Mandarin story with Tony Stark in comics. That was coming out in like 2012. Uh, And I'm okay. Like, does anybody have a problem with that? I don't think anybody.
4: I I don't. I think it looks so much neater to just have them be wrist gauntlets because it's like I cannot imagine trying to choreograph a fight scene if someone has 10 rings on their hand. Like that just seems very clunky. So I don't mind the change. I think it looks really cool, as we saw in the trailer of like those action sequences just look really compelling. So I don't know what they're going to do with like the lore behind them and how they all work. But I think the way that they're presenting them like really makes sense in live action.
2: I I immediately think about when they announced this, that part from Spider-Man three, where he loses the engagement ring and I like, he's trying to grab it back. And I'm like, is that just going to be what a lot of these, one of these, a movie with like, you know, Peter Parker or somebody trying to get it back in the middle of all this chaos. But yeah, I think visually it just leads more to understanding for the viewer at a distance. If it's these bigger objects than if it's like, you know, just a little thing or whatever. Um, also, I don't even know if we're going to see them be separated. Mm-hmm. We don't even know yet if they're going to like, you know, because I guess in other media, they all they, they make a big thing of having to find all of them. Right. I don't know if we're going to do that because we already kind of did that with the Infinity Stones.
1: Yeah. Ex- uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's just gonna be a thing they already have. Um, I want to shout out people in the comments or are following the, the Twitch account. Wanda's Loki and uh, FR scope.
3: Uh, appreciate y'all following the comic book Twitch. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I've heard a lot of cool theories about the rings themselves as far as why they're the size that they are. I mean, one of those is that it's possible that these were actually the size of ring fingers for dragons, which would be cool. Um, And that's why they're that size. There's also, Mm. uh, you know, in the comics, the rings actually uh, are powered by the souls of dead, like warriors, like cosmic warriors. So... There's going to be, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, possibility for some cool backstory for uh, you know when they explain what these rings do and where they come from.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of history from this so quickly early in the movie. And you'll understand why they mean so much to Wen Wu's played by Tony Leung, who's supposedly the real Mandarin. Um, and why it would be so offensive to him that Trevor Slattery and Aldrich Killian had... Uh, this, this alternate fake Mandarin who was supposed to like kind of act like him. I would love it if this movie just starts with him like just killing Aldrich Killian for the offense to, to kind of Thanos it in Infinity War to do the Negan where you have to set up your villain and how powerful and ruthless they are. Imagine if we get Guy Pierce movie for like a minute and he just gets killed by the Ten Rings to show their power and how serious this guy is. Or, or Trevor. What if he just kills Trevor? Oh, listen, he didn't know what he was getting into. Trevor Slattery is a king, Okay. <laughs> Uh, I have one theory I want to throw out there and hear your thoughts. What if this movie is set during the blip? Like why? The only time we heard of abomination since the incredible Hulk was in a one shot attached to a blu-ray. I don't, I think these count as Canon where Coulson shot down the possibility of abomination joining the Avengers. He said, he's going to send in Tony Stark to talk Thaddeus Ross out of that. Uh, Clearly it worked. And 13 years later, now we have abomination back. He escaped a prison in Alaska and ended up somewhere maybe Madrapur, Southeast Asia. Is it set during the blip? I think oh, that'd be a cool territory of time to explore. What Wong in the blip? Wong they did never, well. They we never don't know. said
4: really. Because he he went like he left after they were fighting in New York, like when they were fighting part of parts of the Black Order. So we just didn't see him for the rest of the movie. So like I have honestly believed for a while that this could be during the blip because there's that seems like the perfect time to kind of let shang chi grow as a hero and so that way when it, we do get to like the next avengers movie or whatever his next appearance is he's kind of like at his peak form and he's already gone through his origin story and so like having wong in there too it's like yeah this just kind of confirms that he was alive the whole time and it's like without Stephen strange what else is he gonna do i guess he's just gonna go like get into cage matches and stuff because he has nothing better to do really
1: yeah exactly that was my next point he doesn't have the, the sorcerer supreme there anymore what's he doing He's not He's borrowing a and a half. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Fight. I'd love to hear from the comments. And if you're listening uh, in podcast form, send us some tweets, uh, send us your Shang-Chi uh reactions and theories uh i love hearing from you guys honestly like people have been commenting on instagram lately like any post and they're just like can't wait to hear phase zero today so i want to thank first of all our listeners for being so awesome and supportive but also like you guys on the show jenna chris uh aaron jamie who's not here today jim who's in the comment section right now like this is very much a team effort of a show so obviously we're nothing without the listeners and the viewers who support the show but you guys who come on here and make it fun for everybody i appreciate y'all uh the black widow reviews hit you've heard from me on black widow already you have not heard from jenna who got to see it so i want to i want to give jenna an opportunity i'm going to pull up some of the reviews uh that are like the the snippets and rotten tomatoes to get some outside sources but jenna i want i want to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts on the movie
4: i loved it I was so much more than I was expecting I expected to enjoy it but the amount at which I like really really loved it genuinely took me took me by surprise sitting on my couch watching the screener I got the feeling of being in an IMAX theater like watching it with a huge group of people like I got that level of just hype and I I'm trying to think of what to really say without really saying anything I'm already looking forward to talking about it on the show once it actually comes out Uh. because I feel like there's so much to unpack there. But like the cast is so excellent. Like it is so much fun just watching them just sit and talk to each other. Like they make even the most mundane setup for a scene really, really compelling. And I just think the, what, what they do for Natasha's story is so meaningful in a way that like I have this newfound appreciation for her character. I already loved her, but it's like I now she now might be one of my favorite characters in the MCU with like the way that they dealt with her. So I am so excited for everybody else to see it because it honestly blew me away
1: it's so bittersweet that they make you fall in love with Natasha so much more in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we know that this is like, she's taken away from us already. Like mm-hmm. it's like, she should have had this treatment years ago. It's very frustrating yeah. that she didn't, but I agree with you. It made me like the, I, I meet like I went out and ordered the hot toys figure for black widow. Cause I don't have one. <laughs> and I was like, I need to have one. I love this movie and it gets mm-hmm. here tomorrow. I can't wait. But uh, yeah, it, I thought the movie was like best in its moments that were grounded and emotional in the family. And the third act gets a little not grounded anymore and gets kind of crazy. And that was the only real criticism I have. Uh, But, and and the VFX there were kind of loose, Uh, but, but overall, like, I just think the movie was so good. I put it up there, not as good as, but it's up there in the, like in that, like just short of the conversation for me, Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Like, it's better than Iron Man 2 and 3, Cap 1, like those solo films, both of the – I would put this above a lot of movies, solo films. Um, Here are some of the snippets on the reviews from Rotten Tomatoes' top critics. Brian Tellerico of RogerEbert.com says, It makes sense that a no-nonsense killing machine like Black Widow should have a no-nonsense installment, but it's nice to see it actually happen. I think that's – we all agree with that. Uh, Dana Stevens' positive review from Slate. I think I can say for the first time in years about a Marvel property that the next chapter can't come soon enough. Somebody wants more Yelena. Uh, Perry Nemiroff, huge fan of Perry Nemiroff. She said this on YouTube. uh, Black Widow meets the immense challenge of enhancing the past and future of the character while also functioning as a full experience in and of itself. Totally agree with that. It felt like this movie could have been written off as like a we're just getting a Black Widow movie because we never got one. And it very much serves its own purpose. Uh, Philip D. Semlian of Time Out said, a satisfying mix of muscle and emotion. We have a negative review from Tim Grierson at Screen International. Black Widow seems like a missed opportunity, an energetic placeholder in the MCU, but meant to tide audiences over until a bigger, richer adventure comes along. I think if that's your mentality, you're going to dislike movies like Shang-Chi as well, Mm -hmm. because they're not all going to be endgame. We got the huge endgame. Now we need to, like, we're also going to get some... uh...
4: I I felt like this, like, I felt like Black Widow was endgame for Natasha and her family. Like, the spectacle that it brings while still having a relatively small cast and, like, stakes that are not as massive as Thanos. It's like, they, I feel like we're going to get to a point where every movie that is in the MCU is going to feel endgame-esque. And then, like, the Disney Plus shows are going to feel more like a normal MCU movie. But, I don't know, Anyone who's expecting that much of a spectacle in every single movie is probably going to be disappointed. We can't have Endgame yeah. all the time.
1: Yep, I totally agree. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever started production yesterday, I believe it was, on Tuesday, uh, earlier this week in Atlanta. And Kevin Feige spoke at a Black Widow fan event just last night. And he said it's clearly very emotional without Chad, but everyone is also very excited to bring the world of Wakanda back to the public and back to the fans. We're going to do it in a way that would make Chad proud. Uh, phew, this is this one's never not gonna hurt. It's just uh, I don't know what more you can say. But uh, I've, I have heard some really exciting stuff about Black Panther about a character that is in it. Um, I'm, I'm working oh. to get that confirmed so I can say it out loud. But uh, so just <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, but does anybody you know how, how do you guys feel about Black Panther going into production? Like that's it's just never not gonna hurt and have like this feeling about it. But we want to celebrate
3: it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't spot right there. I mean, so I'm I'm excited to see how they handle Chadwick and what they're gonna do with that. But I mean, yeah, like you said, bittersweet, what else can you say about it? I, it, it just it, it sucks all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. BD,
2: when you put that image up from your backyard yesterday from that part of Endgame when he walks through the portal, it caught me and it made <laughs> me sad. And I was like, it's been mm-hmm. a long time now and I'm still mm-hmm. really, really sad. I can't even like see his face on anything and not feel like a little bit of emotion. So I don't know how I'm going to sit through this two hour movie. Um,
1: it's just like. Yeah, like I watched I watched I watched Endgame last night. I took a picture of the of the moment where Chadwick walks out of the portals, and I just tweeted it. And I wrote, "Damn man." Dot dot dot. Because I just like, it just like hits you every time. Like that that it's just so hard that he's not here anymore. Like this is somebody most of us have never even met. And I mean that like these Marvel movies are we're just I don't know. Obviously for us four here, it's such a part of our life. It's our career to you know talk about these things, but. I just like these things transcend just being fun and entertainment. Like we go to dinner with family, you get in an Uber or you, you you, you talk about trailers online. You're just having conversations about this stuff. You're talking about the actors, you're talking about the characters. And uh, that's, that's one that's just never going to be
3: easier. And I, I know this is a Marvel podcast, but I mean, the closest thing that I can maybe even connect it to would probably be Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. And that's been like, uh, 12 years now something like that and it still hurts for that i mean because it's just this you know unfulfilled potential that you know you know they had plans for him in the third movie and all you know we never got to see that fulfilled and that's just it just sucks to to, to think of what we missed out on with chadwick you know leaving so soon yeah, the entire world like missed
1: out. Like what he would have done on screen and off screen for the world is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to move on. Are gonna? There's no. There's no easy way to transition out of this. So I got to just jump into the next thing. Uh, Nebula will be bonkers. Quote. In Thor Love and Thunder, Karen Gillan did an interview With Collider, she said Tika really brought out the bonkers side I think everyone is just really really funny And bonkers and wild, I don't know if it's Personal levity, like I don't Think she's finding herself funny or being funny But in her seriousness, I think we will Find her funny, and just the pure aggression That we've tapped into, and quote I spared you all of my uh irish accent of karen gillen <laughs> <laughs> i'll do tom holland all day i'll try to throw loki at you maybe christopher walken but every karen episode gillen is just I the walk.
4: accent challenge it's just you just trying <laughs> on a new accent
1: <laughs> there's always one um and i feel like that's all there is to say about that and then the last thing is the wandavision post-credit scene before we move on to loki so if you're unfamiliar with this somehow <laughs> WandaVision, on on the same week that the report came out, there will be no physical media for Disney Plus shows. WandaVision changed its post-credit scene because they can do that because it's streaming and you can't have it unless you illegally download it all. Uh, So it's non-existent if they change it. They just changed some trees and took a little piece of a light out in the cabin in the end credit scene of WandaVision and there was an error in the VFX and it looked like there was like a little entity floating down from the top left corner of the screen towards the cabin, but it was just a little blurred out spot uh, that was part of a VFX thing that stayed in the same place. And because the camera was getting closer, it looked like it was moving closer. I, I don't know how I feel about this, that they changed stuff. Like there could already have been other changes. Mm -hmm. Give me physical media.
4: Exactly, it's so weird. like just th- this precedent of streaming stuff it, it, like I I understand the want like the desire to change it. I get that they probably were matching the scene more to what is in multiverse of madness. So it's like that from that aspect I could theoretically understand, but it's been months since the finale aired. nobody is really paying attention. so <laughs> Aaron I, Aaron's laughing at someone in the chat. I think Aaron
1: saw <laughs> Kofi's comment. Kofi (laughs) go ahead Aaron (laughs) share with the class (sighs)
2: I don't want to cut off Jenna. Jenna, do you want to finish? Finish. (laughs) (laughs)
4: No, I'm just, this is this weird precedent. Like I was listening to another podcast a couple months ago that talked about like how Disney Plus did the weird censorship for Splash and how weird that was. And they were like, is this now going to be a thing where if you get Splash on physical media, is it also going to have that? Or is it a thing of like, this is the only way you can consume this movie going forward? So it's just so weird having this really innocuous thing in WandaVision and then having it be human shaped enough to where we could all just think it was Dr. Stranger vision for a second, even though it definitely isn't
3: yeah, it, yeah. It, i uh, think that just having these changes happen on streaming services anyways where now they have the ability to go kind of secretly edit things and putting them back and and maybe we don't notice i mean eventually like i know people like a lot of star wars fans get mad about star wars being changed and mm-hmm. things like that you know 30 years later so i just wonder how long it's going to take till the technology catches up we're like one day we turn on incredible hulk and Edward Norton has been replaced with Mark Ruffalo or something mm-hmm. like crazy like that. I mean, there's no telling, but they're always just trying to match these things. And <laughs> it, that's going to that's going to be fun. <laughs> <That's crazy.
2: laughs> this is chaos. This is <laughs> unadulterated <laughs> chaos. Chris, I never considered that. That is mm-hmm. something that. <laughs> they absolutely possibly happen in the future in
3: this terrible place we find ourselves. in. <sighs> yeah, we're uh, gonna find that Don are... Cheadle is Terrence Howard. Oh, no.
4: <laughs> Iron Man two. Yeah. In Iron Man one.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my god.
4: Go
2: For those of you who don't know what Kofi is talking about in the comments, <laughs> so in the earlier days of Kanye West, he released this album called Life of Pablo, and within a week, he edited it eight times. <laughs> There are eight different versions of it on the internet. You can see people cataloged how he changed the mixes. He would add and change notes. He put things up in the mix, down in the mix. Songs would sound different. It's the source of one of my favorite out of context tweets of all time, which is I'm a fix wolves because some alien civilization found that tweet later. They'd be like, what's going on with these people? Like why did wolves be fixing what's going on? So that sort of stuff making its way to these streaming shows is super strange. Like, because mm-hmm. you guys are right. Like, there's going to be a time where we wake up and someone's not paying attention, and you're not going to know that there w- this was different before unless someone's cataloging it and it'll be a fan project to catalog it. So,
1: yeah, and, and unless it's really like one of these key scenes that finds itself uploaded to YouTube, like, how are we going to notice? How can you even tell? You, you can't, you have nothing to compare it to. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of weird. Uh, not even Twitter has an edit button. But WandaVision (laughs) can change scenes. So, uh, well, there it is. But, uh, all right, we're going to take a real quick break. And in a moment, we're going to talk all about Loki episode episode four. Let the mischief begin.
5: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Phase Zero Episode 25 continues right now with Loki Episode 4 Full Spoilers. Jenna Anderson, Chris Killian, and Aaron are here to break it down with us. And uh, we got to go with reactions first. You know I like to go top to bottom on the screen that you can't see in podcast form, but you see it if you make it to the live show on Twitch. Jenna, what did you think of today's episode?
4: I I really liked it from a lot of levels, and I'm really excited to dive into those aspects. There's one bit that I I almost took umbrage with but I'm starting to come around to um but I don't I don't want to really talk about it like in the initial part but like the episode had a lot of it that I really really loved and then the very very end the mid-credits scene absolutely blew me away like I leapt off the couch when I saw that so I I'm just so excited for where the next two episodes are going to go because the 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 playing field that we're on right now is just insane
3: Chris What do you think? Mixed emotions, man. Mixed emotions. I, uh, I felt angry because you just gave me Owen Wilson only to take him away. I, uh, (laughs) you know, I was really frustrated by that, but that end credit scene sort of, sort of saved it all. I'm very, very happy to know that, uh, that these guys aren't getting like blipped out of existence when this wand touches them. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know they're going somewhere. And uh, and that end credit scene really just oh man, seeing Richard E. Grant as classic Loki just was like ah, this is this is great. And I can't tell if that uh, that alligator slash crocodile is uh, is a pet or if that's another Loki. I don't know because he had the horns. So
1: <laughs> it's what it's, it's got to have a name like. Like, Croc Loki. No, I don't yeah. there's no way. There's no easy way to combine the, with the words alligator and Loki into mm-hmm. one name, but we'll figure it out. Aaron, what'd you think? Uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: Um, just a lot of wild twists and turns. I think that this series is more similar to WandaVision in the fact that there's no way for us to really guess completely what's going to come after this and it felt like falcon soldier you felt it naturally building to something like okay there's going to be this competition no idea what's going on no idea they're androids sif is here <laughs> uh like i it, it was totally totally cool i don't know it's, it's a fun it's going to be an interesting time also amazing brenda lee drop
1: at the end i was like wow that's real dope mm-hmm. it's all over, like 1960. Insane. I am, I am loving the comment section. I know. saying Kroky. Loki Kroky. Gator Crokey Crokey uh, <laughs> is the real popular one. Um, <laughs> Loki Kroky. is the superior Loki. Ally Loki Loki Gator uh, a Loki Loki Dial. I like <laughs> Loki Dial and Crokey a lot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really I like this episode a lot. Um, I'm just. You guys, this is going to come as no surprise because we've all been doing this for a while now and I feel like I'm getting predictable. I'm getting, I, I'm frustrated that there's still no episode two cliffhanger payoff. Like, <laughs> was it just resolved? Did we get a third multiverse pump fake like Far From Home lied to us, division pulled the fake Pietro crap, uh, and then this launched a multiverse on a screen and then just undid it before it happened. So like... <laughs> Are we just going to, like, at this point, is Doctor Strange, like, all a lie? (laughs) Is there even a multiverse? (laughs) Or is it just the madness? Is the audience being mad that there is no multiverse? No, obviously we're getting into the multiverse, but I thought this episode was super tense throughout. I really love the tension. Um, I I don't know if any of it is, like, real, like, or at some point, whether it was (laughs) in episode three or maybe when they touched and created the Nexus event that it became an enchantment. We'll talk about all that. Um, but yeah i thought i thought it was a good episode i liked it more than last week's it's my second favorite episode overall uh episode two is still my favorite and yeah so uh we i do want to pull up producer richard who watched the show today uh and we got to get his thoughts i've been teasing this for so long richard oh wow. unmute yourself what did you think of the episode
2: i loved it man um i
3: i, I love especially the ending um you know i'm a big star wars guy so like when Loki and Sylvia were fighting, it kind of gave me vibes to where Ben, well not Ben but Kylo Ren and uh, Ray were fighting uh, after Snoke, you know, died or whatnot. So I, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's funny. It's a uh, it's making me care about Loki because usually I, I I haven't I don't care that much about the character, but now I'm really interested in the story and like just where all this is going. So I've been I've been enjoying it a lot, man.
1: The, the, the Wizard of Oz, as Kofi just called him in the comment section. <laughs> Richard Adams, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your thoughts. Sorry to so, – listen, I to, I've been telling you for weeks, one of these days I'm going to put you on the spot, and you just crushed it. I think you just took my job. <laughs> ah. I think, well, I you, think that people are going to want more and more Richard. Thanks, brother. So, <laughs> just, <laughs> so, all right, so the, now we're going to get into the breakdown of it all. It started in Asgard. Young Sylvie is played by Kaylee Fleming, who you might recognize as Judith from The Walking Dead. Uh, I think that's really cool. She's also young Ray. You mentioned star Wars. So she's young Ray in the force awakens, the toys she's playing with. They're the dragon from Ragnarok, I think, or like one of those, those types of dragons. I don't know if there's multiple, uh, she's playing with a Valkyrie and there was a little wolf there, which is probably a nod to Fenris with Hela and stuff. Um, and Asgard looked a little different. I did a side-by-side comparison. I'll put this in a video that's coming out on the comicbook.com YouTube channel later today. Uh, so, I think this is just a whole alternate timeline and maybe Sylvie's just important to this in one way or another. Like what Jenna, what do you think?
4: I I've started to think like something similar, like that kind of gets into my one beef with the episode, which was the, the way that they have evolved Loki and Sylvie's relationship kind of, I I didn't know how to feel about it as I was watching the episode because they haven't really outlined how similar or how different they are from each other like they haven't really said are they the same person do they have the same dna or not or are they from completely different timelines or realities i think we're supposed to believe that they are but like that hasn't been really said confirmed and so i was like i'm i definitely am wanting to believe that she's from an alternate timeline because that would make the most sense with the direction that they're going
1: like what just caused her to just be born a girl and cause this whole crazy different scenario, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, yeah. I don't I don't uh, I see Chris's wheels are turning. He's got he's got <laughs> the, the browser. They're tight. I see him.
3: I have so many thoughts about this episode. I mean, one thing is that, uh, you know, you know, it's a crazy episode when we get an appearance from Lady Sif and we haven't even brought that up yet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I I don't know. I knew the time. I I knew the timekeepers were going to be fake. I don't know if that's a very popular theory or not. But I just had a feeling that they were going to be fake. And so uh, I, I'm still curious about who's running that. If not the timekeepers, then who's the one that's doing all this? Um, I and I really got no guess outside of uh, you know, um, Mephisto. So. <laughs> Damn it, Chris. Damn it, Chris.
4: <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so in that conversation on Lamentus, One, right before it all goes down, they, Loki says they're survivors. Obviously they are. Loki has like fake died like a hundred times now. Um, and Sylvie touches him and it seems like did they form a bond and a love that created this Nexus event or did an enchantment start and everything from that point is just fake? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I'm, I don't trust anybody. But first, before we talk about this any further, <laughs> I posed this question to Sofia DiMartino, and we have a clip of it. So, Richard, if you will, roll the clip. I interviewed Tom, and he said episodes four and five are the real gut-punch episodes where things start to get really crazy. i love to hear from you. Which episode do you think is going to be the one where everybody really gets gets people talking?
0: I mean, they they each have something about them, especially from now on. I think, I mean, I love three because... Obviously, I get to do a lot of like fighting and cool stuff like that. And you really get to know Loki and Sylvie and their dynamic. And so I've really enjoyed watching that. And I loved filming it as well. Um, I mean, four and five are also awesome. Six is going to be great as well. It's really hard to choose. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Fair enough No one want to pick A favorite child there Exactly Yeah um, I personally I think that there's Going to be one of those Enchantments that's happening And the audience Doesn't know it's happening And a lot of it Is a big illusion Am I Am I on to something Are you about to fool us You better pull one over on us
0: Um
4: I don't know if that... I don't know. Uh, uh, You mean, like, there's something happening the audience doesn't know, and then you find out that it was all a big... uh... I
1: I think you might trick Loki and us, and you might be onto something there. All right, all right. I don't 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 really
4: say too much. Just keep watching, and, you know, you'll see. You'll see if you're
5: you're right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Do you guys think there's any possibility? Like, Aaron, do you think... Any of this is fake or really? Which which side of this do you fall on?
2: Oh God, it's like is are we living in a simulation? Is what you <laughs> just asked me? Oh God, uh, I think it's I think it's real. I don't know. Like it seemed pretty real. The thing that makes me think that all of this isn't just occurring, like or like the last episode or whatever isn't just this enchantment thing is that when they actually in the, the ending in the post credit scene, there's a detail in it that I'm like, okay, this is actually like a real thing. There's no way that we're not going to talk about it. And I will save that little detail for when we talk about it in a second. It's <laughs>
1: zero veteran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim yeah, Scarty, you're so. watching take notes. Jim Scarty <laughs> loves to jump ahead. Jim Viscardi loves to skip to the end of the show. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Is it which side of this are you on? There's some of it's fake
3: or it's all real? Um I it, it's really hard to say. I think with Loki, you can't really trust anything anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I it, it's I don't I'm I'm kind of gonna plead the fifth on it. I don't know either. I'm just I don't want to look stupid one way or the other. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to let our it our job. Listen, we it. love it. I know. I know. <laughs> I see the comments that you get on your theory videos. I I'm was going to moonwalk out of this one. <laughs> Jenna, what do you think? I'm making everybody weigh in.
4: I, I think it's real. I think if you added that extra twist of like, it's all a virtual reality simulation and none of it was real, I feel like that kind of cheapens a lot of the good character moments that we saw in this episode. The thing that has kind of turned me around to Loki and Sylvie's dynamic and the fact that it is almost romantic, I still read it as very platonic, but I get that they're trying to push it as like romantic-ish, is that like, there was a quote from Michael Waldron on Marvel.com where he was basically like, this is a love story about Loki accepting himself and loving himself. And so like the way that he's doing that is through another physical manifestation of himself. And so I think that the Nexus event that they caused was really just Loki starting to accept himself and what he could be and like seeing Sylvia as the epitome of that.
1: Mm-hmm, I mean- If it is romantic, you do you, bro. I know Literally. that's
4: that's also what kind of frustrated Me about it was that like we we got Confirmation that they both were bi Last week and then it's like <laughs> we immediately go Into you you're having a Relationship with yourself and like, Mo, like Mobius calls it like gross and like Problematic and stuff like that and so I was Kind of frustrated of like this is a lot of general Audience members first like canon bisexual Representation and then you're immediately going to undercut It with this weird like self-cest and So I hope that that's not the direction That we go in because I feel like the show Has been so smart already that they're hopefully going to do something different but that initially as i was sitting there i was like i don't know how to feel about this this isn't what i wanted this there's so many better ways to represent your characters in this way than that so
3: yeah i actually love that though i really enjoyed that aspect of it uh that like owen wilson's explanation that like of course you're so narcissistic that the one person you've fallen in love with is another version of yourself i thought that was really well done and 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 it explains Loki to a T. I mean, just as somebody who just thinks that he is the best uh, thing that's ever you know been created, I, I, I loved it. I, th- I thought it made him even more layered than he already was after episode three.
1: And we also need to just be careful here because this is still the Loki who betrayed his brother mm-hmm. like five, uh, like 20 minutes ago and just 10 minutes ago failed invading New York City. Like he might still be actually really evil and just playing a game here the whole time. So he might not be in love with anybody. It might all be, might all be just Loki being Loki. Sif is back. (laughs) That was awesome. Uh, She last appeared, uh, Jamie Alexander as Sif last appeared on agents of shield, which, you know, the debate rages on still no (laughs) updates, whether or not that's Canon. Uh, If Kevin Feige considers it Canon, we know where a lot of, uh, uh, the fans consider it, but we don't know if Marvel Studios is going to embrace it. Uh, but other than that, she was in Thor: The Dark World, and it, I think this is a cool nod because we've we've mentioned on the show how the Lady Loki body was intended to be a body for Sif after Ragnarok in comics, and then uh, Loki took it, um, and the the whole Loki cutting her hair just for gigs. Was a bit from comics and North Mythology. So that's just a fun bit. Um, I don't know. Is there do you think there's anything more to say about Sif being there other than it was just cool to see her, see?
4: I this like I remember there were rumors while this was filming that like Sif was gonna show up, and I completely forgot about them. And so when she showed up in this episode and in this kind of like groundhog day context, it was like, all right, cool, this is the best possible way to use her without raising a lot of questions about like, is she still alive? Did like what's going on? How did she end up in the TVA? So I thought like they, they used her in a way that was really interesting while also paying homage to Norse mythology so it was like that was just a nice little detail
1: yeah Damon streams with the comment uh this is see this is the important this is the important question that I have (laughs) if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon does that make Inhumans canon and I genuinely like I I think the only reason that this hasn't been acknowledged is because they would have to acknowledge that like you can't you can you just I mean I guess you can just cherry pick pieces <laughs> of Marvel TV mm-hmm. that you want to use and leave out the rest. But I don't know I, I don't know. That's a whole different conversation. I still I still have episode. my theory
4: that the Inhumans like the Inhumans show is just an actual show in the MCU and that that's how we just get past it and just move on because <laughs> it's like that is the only way that that's you can see it's equivalent to reality TV. Out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, in humans like we I would love to see an actual black bolt. Like it wasn't Anson Mount's fault. You know, that show was just never gonna be good. Mobius and B15 caught on to the fact that they are variants. Do you, do you think like this is the first time Mobius has caught on? Do you think the rings detail is actually gonna mean something or be meaningless like some of the other details we overthought about?
4: I don't know. I, I believed that this was the first time he caught on, but I, I I never occurred like it never occurred to me that he could have already maybe figured it out.
1: Like, what if wherever he went, he's just with like a hundred other Mobiuses? <laughs> like he just he just like when you, you. see him wake up like Loki did in the post credit scene, and he's just like wow 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 <laughs> wow. Like it'll be like his wow <laughs> moment, like the mine seagulls in Finding Nemo, but instead of saying mine mine. Wow.
4: Wow. One of them needs have... to be a tiny cowboy. That that's the only thing I would <laughs> <Yes>. do. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> Chris, what were you gonna say? That's exactly what I was gonna say. It needs to be every version of Owen Wilson we've ever seen. Just a a, a Hutch from Starsky and Hutch and Owen from Wedding Crashers just every all of them surrounding him. That would be fantastic.
2: It's just a jet ski show in like Tampa or something, and all of them are like,
3: "Wow, that's a really good one over there." That was amazing. Look at that red. I do think though that this is probably like to seriously answer the question. I believe this is probably the first time that he's realized this because if we if the show's already complicated enough, so if we start (laughs) thinking outside of that and that there are hundreds of versions of Mobius who's figured this out, my mind will melt. I can't even begin to comprehend that happening. So, um, so if this, if the TVA is kind of outside of time, then I'd like, you know, there's no real time loop within that. I don't know. I think it's the one time it's ever happened. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that. Maybe. maybe. I mean, but I don't think he's dead. So I think there, no, I don't think he's dead. I was very upset. I mean, I was (laughs) distraught. I was so distraught that they killed Owen Wilson that when Loki, when I thought they'd killed Loki, I, I I didn't even care. I was just (laughs) (laughs) shell-shocked. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm with you on that. It was just you took my emo- you took out all of my emotional uh, energy that I had The tank is empty. You killed I had Owen nothing left
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Also, shout uh, out to the chat because they keep mentioning Lightning McQueen. I'm like, that needs to be in the council of Owen Wilson. Oh, they
1: own it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Disney owns yes. it. They can do it. They yeah. can do it. Chow. <laughs> uh, I did look up because there was the moment where he looks at the pen again in Rivana's office and Franklin D. Roosevelt High School. There's three of them in the country. One is in Buck County, Pennsylvania, one's in Brooklyn, New York, and one is in Dallas, Texas. I think Mobius kind of strikes me as a Texas guy. He (laughs) could just drive on down to Galveston and get on a jet ski. Buck County, PA, I don't know much about it. In Brooklyn, I don't know if there's anybody in Brooklyn who owns a jet ski. Like, why would you? So, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be relevant, but I looked it up just for the sake of being thorough, (laughs) you know. Uh, And he also said when he's talking to B-15 – uh, Mobius said, uh, "We've we've dealt, we've captured Kree, Titans, and vampires. So Kree, obviously, we saw them in Captain Marvel, and Ronan is a Kree, right? Uh, and then Titans, that's Thanos and the people from his planet of Titan. But well, vampires, this is the first time that we had a mention of like a reference to Blade. And if you ask Tyrese Morbius." <laughs>
4: See, my brain went to Moon Knight, because I know people are theorizing that Dracula is the villain of Moon Knight. So I was like, maybe there's a connection to that, too. So I was more just like, yes, vampires finally exist. Like, this is just such a cool little thing to sprinkle in there.
3: Yeah,
1: that's a good one. That's a good
3: one. I got to say that Marvel's ability to leave breadcrumbs for future projects is just, it's brilliant. It's just amazing. Every time I'm like... This is they know what they're doing. I don't even know why I, we should just stop talking about it. Just let them do their thing.
1: <laughs> it, it straight up took me back to Iron Man 2 uh, when he said he asked uh, Jarvis to pull up files on Project Pegasus, Goliath and Exodus. I don't know if it was in that order, but I think then that was just an accident. But they've now picked up on how to plant those seeds like Pegasus turned out to be NASA. And S.H.I.E.L.D. investigating the Tesseract. We saw it in Captain Marvel. Goliath turned out to be Bill Foster, which was the one that we, you know, we obviously assume Goliath is going to be Bill Foster. But we didn't learn that until Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and we still haven't learned Exodus. Some people think it's the Fantastic Four and some people is me. So <laughs> the Timekeepers, they got snoked. Mm-hmm. They got snoked <laughs> straight up. They didn't. They were fake. They were frauds. They were created by something else and uh, a more powerful being is pulling the strings behind the curtain, and they got chopped by a flying blade. I mean, literally, they got (laughs) snoked. Like, what? (laughs) Uh, Who wants to... Th- th- fill us in on their thoughts
4: on, on, on I, I just want to say for the record if they don't add animatronics of those guys to avengers campus then like they're, they're they they that is a missed opportunity because those are the best disney animatronics i've ever seen <laughs> like how how well those robots came together um i i still think it is either kang or immortus which is the older version of kang because that I I knew from the get go. I was like, the timekeepers are going to be a Wizard of Oz situation. So I'm I'm still under the the theory that it is some version of Kang.
1: Aaron, what do you think?
2: Um, I think it probably is going to be some older version of Kang, probably too now. But it was such an early swerve. I didn't think we were going to get rid of the timekeepers as like robots or whatever or illusions (laughs) until like the second to last episode, and they got like you know they got dealt with very very quickly. Um, and it seems as though Ravana knows more about what's going on than she let on in so many different ways. Poor Mobius and <laughs> Sylvie, like... Do you remember what Nexus event that caused you to ruin my life was? Or her being like smiling and saying no. I'm like, oh god, she knows yeah. everything. And then as it like goes into this very Kavinsky music video looking chamber where they are, <laughs> um, I was just like, this is this this is all Wizard of Oz. Like Jenna said, I'm like, okay. So Richard's going to be back there pulling the strings behind everything.
1: It's <laughs> Richard. It is our it's, producer, it's Richard, our is Richard. Behind yeah. the TVA, Richard. Way to go, man!
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love that, uh, Chris. I just, go, yeah, I got yeah. to. I got to jump in on this. Uh, obviously, Kang is the popular answer, but just I'm going to do a couple different takes of different people, so I have it on record. If it's not Kang, I'm going to just go ahead. So I think it's, I, I definitely think it's Mephisto, but uh, it could be a variant version of Thanos. I don't think that any of us have considered that Stop Thanos it. might just be, hold on, let me finish. <laughs> it's a variant version of Thanos. It's Dr. Doom. We all know it's Dr. Doom. I mean, come on. They were setting up the Fantastic Four. Duh. Okay, I'm done. I'm done.
1: But what, I mean, you, you missed one, that it is Loki. Yeah, you know. So See, I was uh, saving
3: one for you, though. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's the softball that. lob I just did there.
1: I can't wait to uh, to cut out Chris's snippet where he was right, and we could say his first time on Phase Zero, he predicted the end of Loki. Uh, and now, the last thing we're going to talk about before we answer a few questions from the live comment section, make sure you're following the channel so you can join us live. Uh, Is It's twitch.tv slash comic book, by the way Uh, There's four Lokis at the end of the post-credit scene We kind of touched on this a little bit Alligator Loki, Crokey, Crocodile Loki, whatever you want to call him Kid Loki, straight out of the comics Richard E. Grant Loki, which is like classic old Loki And the Loki on the left, which was credited as boastful Loki Is clearly worthy of some version of Thor's hammer Mjolnir And if you look in the background, you see Avengers Tower all kind of crumbled and damaged and stuff. So this is some version of 2012, in or around 2012, after Tony Stark built Avengers Tower. Jenna, what's up?
4: See, I I, I think that the Avengers Tower was just like pruned out of an alternate reality. I think that everything ah. we're going to see around there is just like, this is just like the, the dump, basically, for the TVA. Of, like anything we prune just goes there. So it's like, <laughs> oh, Loki, it's like, oh, in this alternate universe, the Avengers Tower got crumbled, to crap so we're just going to like prune it and it's all because the way that that world looks and the way that it looked in the trailer there's just a lot of stuff stacked on top of each other so it's like and i know there was like one tv spot that had like the pyramids of giza and so my thinking is just like this is just the tv is like infinite storage in limbo and so all of the people and things that they prune are just stuck in this void that doesn't really have a time or place I like
1: that a lot and casually cosplaying agrees with you in the comment section saying, or maybe it's every pruned reality, which is is an extension of what you were saying. I mean, but that would mean that Mobius is there. Aaron, were you about to say something? I, I was
2: just thinking that they would use, if you were to devise a afterlife, a like very, very bad afterlife for a Loki, it would be one where they succeeded in the Battle of New York but you never get to live through any of the the spoils of that war. Because you know, Thanos was like, oh yeah, you can have Earth. Surprise, it's terrible, and there's nothing here. And it's like weird, stacked on top of each other garbage and have fun with your crocodile friend and that kid and the old guy (laughs) and a dude from Game of Thrones. Uh, So I I think it probably is like a weird like public storage situation where this is where we keep all the castaway stuff, but they that's another weird thing i guess in their theory of everything where i feel like that's a giant giant loophole that no one seemed to think was a giant loophole beforehand just like hiding in the apocalypse is you're gonna send all of them together to one place (laughs) where they can talk about everything and possibly hatch a scheme which is all loki's do is scheme to get out of it it's it seems like asking for trouble
1: I love this comment from Abu Abode H572. Uh, I think the Avengers Tower was part of the what rest- part of restoring the timeline where a Nexus event happened in 2012. This could mean Ravana, who I don't trust at all, uh was lying in that first episode when she said the Avengers did what they were supposed to do. Maybe as soon as the Avengers got done in that new 2012 where Loki left, they just pruned that whole city. Like I- that-
4: I was thinking thinking about the whole Avengers thing and how like after the first episode we were all like why didn't they stop Steve Rogers why didn't they do all this stuff they're basically just kidnapping people so it's like in their mind why would we kidnap the Avengers and cause like a huge public stir and potentially cause the timeline to go just like go off the rails so it's like instead we're going to kidnap the people that like you don't necessarily notice that they're gone. So, like, I, yeah, I I definitely believe that it's something along those lines of, like, the the Battle of New York has happened countless times over, and they've just pruned whatever parts of it that they don't like.
1: I think the reality here is we need to just temper our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do this every week, and I feel, I mean, I love having fun with it, but I think yeah, to some extent, like, when I started talking about my reaction to today's episode is that we build up these these huge events that that we want these implications to the entire MCU and the history of the MCU and the truth of these Disney plus shows is they have just been character driven studies of their choices and events and which have been great especially in WandaVision and i feel like WandaVision got the most flack for not having doctor strange and not having the multiverse and all this stuff even though it was a fantastic show so Uh, yeah if anybody has any questions in the comment section go ahead and drop those in now because we're about to start wrapping it up here chris anything you want to throw out uh throw at us to to start wrapping us up
3: all i know is that if we're going to see classic loki i want to see classic thor i want to see some old classic thor in the the, maybe they can just give vincent d'onofrio for it from uh (laughs) adventures in babysitting well, over under,
1: like, what percent chance do you think we get a Thor appearance? Uh, uh, under
3: 0, Zero. <laughs> I just, I just, ho- I'm just trying to temper expectations as well, but, but uh, that's what I, I want to see.
1: Casually cosplaying asks, do you think Loki or Sylvie will make it out of this, or both? Chris, you're up first. You think they both uh, survive?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna. Well, man, maybe not both of them, but one of them will survive we're not gonna have an mcu without some version of loki
1: probably not probably not do we think any loki will make it to our timeline i guess that's kind of the same question is matt damon loki <laughs> gonna be a? <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and the matt damon question oh. comes from damon streams how fitting that would be hilarious honestly
4: yes
1: but uh, i don't I don't know if Matt Damon's going (laughs) to pop into the Disney Plus show.
4: See, now that we have Alligator Loki or Crokey, I'm like, I just want Throg. Because I'm like, that has to be the Loki from that universe where, like, they're all animals. Because I'm like, can we just at least make that happen if we don't have an actual human Thor? Because that just feels like something that they would be willing to throw in there.
1: Uh, Throg and Crokey would be legendary together And I would watch them Go to the watering hole (laughs) For hours Um, A boat again with another question Doctor Strange cameo in the last episode I don't anticipate that to be honest Um, I just I don't see it happening I think that we all have these Maybe But uh, (laughs) I don't know Honestly more than Doctor Strange I I just want to see a montage of of Mobius' life and learn his real name, because it's probably not Mobius M. Mobius, just like B-15's name is not B-15. Uh, and I just want to see him selling jet skis for a living. Just owning a jet ski store. He has all of them. He has all of them. <laughs> Chris, what's Mobius' real name?
3: m m
0: <laughs> Marshall.
3: <laughs> if his name was Marshall. <laughs> uh, a couple more
1: questions here. Uh, can Loki <laughs> can Loki have kids after getting kicked between the legs <laughs> that many times
3: I don't know I think if uh, Loki could have kids based on uh, I mean he is a hedonistic god that's like thousands of years old he's probably got some floating out there if he can have them
1: maybe maybe um, all right well I think that's a good place to wrap up <laughs> phase zero we started talking about Loki uh <laughs> getting the balls kicked out of them so uh, that's gonna wrap up episode 25 <laughs> i hate that that's our ending uh, <laughs> do you think we'll be blessed with multiple mobius's slash ellen wilson's in this new reality i hope so and i hope that they get to live happily ever after mm-hmm. that's it we all agree mobius deserves the world he's a king and we want him to have it uh that's today's show seven lake hornet you got anything to send us out uh, I do. Hold on one second. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. oh, boy. We got a special surprise here coming up on the show. Oh, so, boy. So,
2: while we were all discussing what uh, Loki's actual, you know, uh, like what to name the crocodile one, uh-huh. I went ahead and I'll post this on, on Twitter at Summit Lake Hornet for all of you to see. But I, I think I captured the general vibe. Pretty well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: Loki dial variant. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Kroky. Well Thank done. Kroky is our new supreme John, leader. John
2: Malkovich runs the TVA. You hear it, hit it here first.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to spare you of a John Malkovich impression. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, before I start impersonating John Malgovich as a timekeeper, no,
3: stop right there. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you want to send us off with? Any last words? No, just thanks for having me, man. It was a real pleasure, and we didn't get into a single fight on this show, and and it, it just felt real good to be here, man. Have me on more often, that'd be fantastic. I love
1: it. I love it, uh, Jenna. What do you got for us?
4: I I just have to say, I love that croaky and little icky are now our um, little mascots of this podcast. I think that that's just great. Um, Oh, little icky. Oh my God. I I forgot about (laughs) little icky. Just like his father. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) How did I think about that like once a week now Ever since you brought that up during the Eternals episode um, But no, this was, this was so much fun I am so excited for the last two episodes Like just, just getting to see the classic Loki costume in live action Just that perfectly I am just like whatever they do in the next two episodes I am so excited to see it So
1: We're at that same point again like we were with WandaVision Where it's like we only have two episodes Like how are they going to pull this off? Uh, and and I, we'll see how they do it We'll see how they do it next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that And then the following Friday we have Black Widow What? We are eating We are eating uh, Alright, that is today's episode Of the Phase Zero Podcast Please share this episode On Apple Podcasts Spotify, drop those links on Twitter I'll throw you retweets, I want to grow this thing I want to give Kevin Feige no excuse To not come on the show for a full hour We're going to be the biggest show ever uh, Chris Killian, great job! Congratulations on a wonderful Phase Zero debut. You should all uh, go watch the Daily Distraction. Chris hosts a daily news show on our insta on the comic book Instagram at comic book and our YouTube channel, and uh, he puts a lot of work into it. and It's a really funny show. I highly recommend watching that. Giving it five minutes every of your day every day, it's a good escape from our our reality here. Uh, And uh, that's it. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD If y'all want to talk more, you should uh, also hit up our hosts because we uh, love talking with you guys. And that's phase zero. See you next week.